Hello, hello, Heather Jean here, Confidence Through Cabaret, the podcast or the vodcast, depending on where you're streaming this from. If you are listening to this on podcast, then check out confidencethroughcabaret.com and you'll be able to find a video version of it on the vodcast playlist. And if you're with us on YouTube, please like and subscribe and you can listen to this also on audio anywhere you get your podcast, search Confidence Through Cabaret. So welcome, welcome to Confidence Through Cabaret, the podcast. We talk all things confidence and sometimes we're sharing stories and sometimes we're sharing tips and sometimes we're going deep into things. It's a variety, but it's always about building confidence in your personal life, work life or stage life. So we say start from where you're strong, start from where you have your most confidence and we grow from there. So today, my guest is uh, going to blow your mind with so many ideas about how we can best serve and help others when we're starting our business. So my guest today is a contributing author in in two books. books right now, uh, is very involved in parenting and is, is really on a crusade to learn to help to spread the word of what isn't taught in school. I mean, think how many things we wish we were taught in school. We're going to talk about a range of those today when we talk about becoming who we are, uh, or as my guest today described just, just briefly, through to the other side. Please welcome Sheila Burrell. Hello, Sheila. Hi, thank you for having me. Oh, it's such a pleasure. Thank you so much for being here. I loved when we were uh, talking initially, we, we were talking about all the possibilities because of course there's so many things we weren't taught in school. Absolutely, yes. Um, you know, any, anything down to even as simple as how to fall. You know, we don't even learn things like that. And then as I'm dealing with an elderly mother who has fallen and crushed a bone, um, if we had been taught stuff like that, maybe we would have thought about it all our life, all the way to finance, to parenting, to nurturing our own inner child and understanding, you know, how we've been affected through our life um, and never taught how to deal with emotions. And it's been uh, just a, such an enlightening experience to, to learn this at the age I'm at. I you know, sometimes think that I missed out so much in the last few decades, not knowing this information. I mean, I know we all get to where we are in our journey by all of our experiences. So I don't regret anything that's happened or, you know, discount the the um, lessons I've learned from it all. But I just strive to make sure I can grow myself to be the guide for my children. So hopefully they don't have to miss out on those decades and uh, of, of extra life they could have lived to serve purpose and be fulfilled. Yeah, and there's so much uh, emphasis in our education systems. I'm from Canada, so it's very similar to the US, and and I'm living in the UK, which is a very different education. Uh, And there's so much emphasis placed on IQ or the intelligence quotient, and that's fine uh, for studies. But what you're talking about with the EQ, the emotional quotient, or, or even our spiritual quotient, there are so many forms of intelligence that the education system just doesn't cater for. And I think probably the interesting thing is you mentioned how to fall. So when we're little, we fall all the time. And then it's, it's almost like as we're growing up, we unlearn that, right? 
Yeah, we unlearn, like even our creativity, we learn, we start being conformed once we're put into school to fit inside that box to be the um, compliant child, you know, and if we're not, if we go outside that box, we are misbehaving. And so we're really shun away from uh, embracing our superpowers, embracing our creativity to to find ourselves. We're being suppressed from our feelings um, and to really understand ourselves. So I want to, you know, make it a, a more comfortable conversation to talk about feelings and how to feel them and be be okay with them and how to work through them for my children. It's so important for all of us because we have these feelings and I think we could have much a much calmer, peaceful world if we could live more um, being okay with our feelings and not just dumping them under the rug and exploding after a while, you know? And we always do explode. At some point, if we put enough stuff under that carpet, it, it will come out. It just has to. It reaches capacity. Yes, we have to find a healthy way to um, to feel our aggressions and to feel our frustrations. We have to find a, a healthy outlet with that, whether it be a dump journal or scribbling on a napkin, exercise, you know, talking to a therapist, just putting it in an appropriate place and being okay and knowing it has to come out. You don't want to internalize all that because the energies in our body are are going to shine that out to, to everything else that you do, everyone else that you're around. Yeah, for sure. What are your healthy outlets, Sheila? Well, for, you know, for me, I have two small children or elementary age children, eight and 10. So they keep me pretty energized. So there's no sitting moping around. It's always an exciting moment, just like today, as we started our day and wasn't sure if one was going to go to school and and then, you know, meltdown after meltdown. So you just have to incorporate that into your day and, and find the anchors to get you through it and your outlets and just really focus on those gratitude and appreciation moments. And just I look at my, my little darlings, if they have horns that day or, or um, halos, and just see like how amazing every moment is and what they're working through in their little brains and what they must think of this crazy world. And then if I don't even have it figured out, how am I going to expect them to have it figured out? Yeah. And I think one of my regrets, my children are, my youngest is 21. So they're grown. I, one of my regrets is that I wasn't more clear about the fact that I didn't have it figured out. So the expectations of adulthood were huge because they thought I'm going to hit adulthood. I'm going to know everything. And, and of course they do in their twenties, late teens or twenties. And then they, then they find out they really didn't know everything. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm learning too, that even in the medical field, you know, they, everybody, we're just people. We, we have our struggles, no matter what level of, you know, esteemed accreditation we have, we still have these things that we don't have figured out. Cause especially from the generation we were raised from, it was doers, workers, you know, little worker bees. And we didn't have, we weren't taught to um, practice self-care. That was selfish, you know, in our generation. So it's it's difficult to let go of those unconditioned bias or un, uh, subconscious bias that we've been conditioned with through all of, all of our life and to 
understand that we can reprogram these neural pathways to to think a different way. You know, if you're raised being yelled at or you're raised with these pressures, your body thinks you need that to get to the other side. And it's not true. We can retrain that. Yeah, absolutely. We can. Yeah. And I think, you know, what what for me, what strikes me is we're, we're raised very much in the patriarchy of masculine, of doing, achieving, and we're rewarded for all of those things. So getting good grades, being quiet, you know, yeah, keeping your room tidy or whatever it is that you're supposed to do. And we're rewarded for all of those things. But as you say, we, we don't get in touch with our creativity and our and our, our feminine energy effectively. Our intuition is completely squashed because we don't learn to be quiet. We don't learn gratitude practices fully. And it's 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 very interesting. I didn't understand what feminine energy was until COVID hit, until all my stuff came out from under my carpet. Mm-hmm. And then I then I very quickly learned the lessons that that you're sharing here. And I think, you know, at some point we all have to do that. Um, yeah. Sheila, so much, so much of our our energy, as spe- specifically as parents, and when we're when we're starting our business or running a business, uh, and you know, and writing and contributing for books, and you know, uh, a lot of our energy is in labels, right? You're a, a contributing author. You're a mom. You're you know a, a business person. You're you know all, all kinds of different titles. How do you stay grounded in? who Sheila is beyond those titles? Well, I'm still looking upon myself and realizing a lot of the titles or labels we put upon people and ourselves that they have no real clear definition. Just like, you know, with my children, I have a realization from uh, just a few years ago, totally was not done on purpose, but their initials spell as is. And it's just, it was an amazing coincidence that I realized and we're brought up to say that the as is stuff is the, you know, the second, the, the stuff that's not really as good. And, you know, that's going to be discounted because it's not as good. But if you look at it, even in, in its imperfections, it serves its purpose. You know, it can still serve just as well of a perfect uh, purpose as the things that that went through every inspection as perfect. So, you know, to see um, how we have trained ourselves to define these certain words and labels. We have to dig deeper into it and just like some of the job titles or the, um, the, what the job requirements we think, okay, well, we're not experienced. We're not, we're not able to do that. But if you think about just in your daily life, do you manage to get together and feed your body? That's a job. You know, do you manage to get yourself in bed to, to get up? That's a job that it all, you know, requires organization to move yourself about in this world, whether we label it this or that, it's still achieving something. And we have to really recognize everything we do um, is we need to give that highlight and that glory to it, that it is accomplishing something. Yeah, I, I love that, that it's, you know, we often don't give ourselves that glory and that, that failing to internalize that is is what leads us to imposter syndrome ultimately yeah i definitely agree with that because i i did struggle with the confidence and i mean we all do to a certain point but just like i said with this podcast you offer do you want to do this later you got a lot of stuff going on i'm like you know what when when are we ready when are we going to be ready you're never ready just do it just do it 
and you're going to look back on it and you're going to say, oh, wow, when I get done with this, I, now I don't have to look on to next week. Oh, I got this to, to do. I, I've, I've done it. It's done. And whether it's perfect or not, just like I said, okay, am I going to try to go fix myself up? Is this going to be on video? No, I'm not. Look at my bags. Look at it. Look at my rawness. Look at my mess. It It's still working through it all. I still, you know, I don't want my children to see a perfect person. No, I don't have it figured out. And the one thing I've learned going through the conscious parenting that I'm I'm studying, um, the biggest thing is to, if you, if you can't even practice all these things that we should be doing, then the practice of reflect and repair, right? Show them that it's going to happen no matter how trained or, or how many times we've done it. We're still going to have to go through, sometimes we didn't make the best decision just so we can reflect back on it and, and acknowledge that. And self-responsibility is huge. You know, if you have that awareness and that self-responsibility, that is um, one of the ultimate things that's going to get you through life. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, when 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 we come back to that that bit about, you know, falling and, and learning to get up and then and then all of a sudden we expect to not do that anymore. And then we have to relearn it at, at the other side of our life or at different points in our life. And I, I, I love that you're talking about reflect and repair and taking that self-responsibility because if we don't, we just end up in these labels, as you say, that aren't defined. And I think you know, that, that the beauty of self-responsibility is that we get to still love ourselves when we fall, when we fail, when we fall short. And I think that's a difficult mindset for a lot of people. I definitely, I agree that it's, it's really hard to get there. I, I say I'm in that, that muck of awareness that sometimes it's hard to give myself that grace because I know like I can talk the talk all day long, but walking the walk, man, I'm tripping over every pebble and it's, it's been a tough pill to swallow, you know, to recognize how many times, you know, they say you, you're supposed to, uh, be the child supposed to be influenced the first seven years of life, right? It's like, oh, when I started this, my youngest was seven. I'm like, oh, I'm too late. But it's really never too late, right? It's just, you know, it might be just like if we have some neurodiversities. It's not that you can't do it. You just have to figure that different way and program your mind instead of taking all the time to wallow in the pity and the sorrow and the the victimizing of yourself that you take that energy and put it into where's the solution just like when we started the podcast there's an echo okay well do we just not do the podcast or do we look for a solution and hey i might not know where my earphones are i don't know if it's going to work but hey at least i know i have an option to try and that's the biggest thing to reprogram our mind to recognize okay let's try is it going to help me to stay stuck in this i don't know or you know even if if even if, okay, sometimes you are in that don't know moment and that's okay too. Just give yourself time to get through it and, and get to the other side of that bridge. And then everything's going to be behind you. Eventually you can't stay stuck in it forever. Yeah. And I think when we do stay stuck in it, then, then that is kind of where we get into the victim mode. And what I love about what you're saying is, is it instead of saying, I don't know how is going, okay, but how can I find out how, you know, it's that. And I, I think that's a mindset that I'll be honest with you, even if we did still have the echo on the line, I'm, I'm all for perfectly imperfect. And I think if the, you know, if the episode uh, turned, switched people off because it was too echoey, you know, then, then that message maybe wasn't for them at that time. But the people that it's important for, they need to hear that message. They'll persevere through it. And, and, we, and we do. We, we can go, I can, I can get past that. 
because I really want to hear this. And, you know, I always talk about motivation is willingness to put energy into something. So if, if it's for you, then you're willing to put energy into. And that's certainly where I start with, with my uh, coaching is, is around where are you most happy to put energy into things? And I think, yeah. you know, you saying yes to things, you saying, I'm going to get through this, you saying, you know, there's so many things. I mean, I, I love that you're at the beginning of growing a business and you've got so many ideas because who would start a business with not enough ideas? Like yeah. that would be the way to go. It would be to have, it's almost overwhelming. And so I love that you're so honest and open about it because by you sharing it with me means you're honest with yourself. Yeah, like I said, kid in the candy store. I'm totally a kid in the candy store right now. I feel like I've been reborn with all the information I'm learning and I'm eager and I'm curious and I want to, you know, help my children stay on that path of an investigator's life, right? That you just keep asking questions, you stay curious instead of just saying stuck. You're, you know, you're always taking in the clues that can get you to the, to the next step and of the process. And being that that kid in the candy store right now, it's like, I've got all this information. I've got all this great candy coming at me and I just keep eating it all up and I have a stomach ache and I'm ready to explode. So somebody, you know, needs to come along and help me, help guide me. Okay. How much do I eat at this moment? How much do I eat at that moment? So no matter what stage we're at at life, we still need that guidance. But, you know, uh, at our generation, a lot of us came to that point where we never had that guidance growing up. Like I said, I mastered getting an A. I mastered, you know, being a top top student. I mastered all of that, but I never was taught how to learn. I was taught how to conform. I was taught how to get the end result of making someone happy, and that doesn't, you know, lead you to a fulfilling life. That doesn't leave you lead you to true happiness and to stay in that box and. You know, I don't want my children to think that getting a job in this prestigious field is going is the definition of a successful life. That's not true wealth. Wealth has nothing to do with money. It's, you know, your the wealth within yourself. And that's that's my ultimate definition of success for sure. Beautiful. Beautiful. And I, I love that. And I think. I think your words are very well thought out about, you know, what wealth means for you and about how, what you want your life to be about and what you want your children to learn. And I, I think that a lot of times we go into that victim mode and we don't figure those things out because we're too busy trying to ignore them or deny them. So it's really beautiful that you're sharing that because I think there's a lot of a lot of listeners that still have that part of their journey to go through. So you co you co-wrote um a couple of books now, right? Yes, I um was very lucky just like I'm I'm in a point of my mindset mode that I've recognized I am in a world of abundance. You know, I was brought up from a world of scarcity and fear that my parents raised me from where they were at and what they knew. And they brought me up to know how to survive because that's what they knew how to survive. They didn't know how to thrive. They only knew and they only share with me what they knew. So I don't look back upon that as, you know, anything uh, that I'm spiteful about. It's just, I know I want to give my children something different. So as I was going through this um, parenting program and, you know, your, your, your social media feed fills up with stuff you're looking at. And I was looking at these all opportunities and this one came across my feed. You want to be an author. And I thought to myself, I'm like, wow, I hate to read and I hate to write. So sure. Why not? 
Um, that sounds logical in my life right now, illogic. So I just went for it. I freaked myself out over it. I freaked myself out about the deadline. I overthought every bit of the process. And, you know, I thought I was going to go in and throw 150 words in. And I ended up with 600 words. I guess I had a lot to come out of my brain. I definitely have a lot to say. It's just a little bit harder to get it onto paper. So I need definitely need to um, get to a point where I can professionally or hire a professional dictator or, uh, you know, to do diction. And so I just, you know, I threw it out there. And then when I went to the book launch and this was, this had come across my path when I'm learning about the, the conscious parenting. So learning really about my inner self, my inner relationship. And this book happened to be, it was the fourth book that came out to the series and it was about inner relationships and people relationships with people you know most. So if that wasn't thrown in my lap, you know, I, I would be silly not to take it. So I just like, okay. So I, I went for it. It came out. Of course, I felt just empowered when I saw my face in that book. My kids were thrilled to see that. So the feeling of it all, and that was what I wanted out of it. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I really don't. But I just know I need a sense of purpose. I need a sense of something's going to help my confidence. And this is it. Whether I get on there to make a fool of myself or go on there to, you know, come out the other side. And I recognize no matter what I did, I was going to come out the other side feeling a lot better because I did accomplish something. And then when I went to the book launch party, they said, they announced, oh, the next book's on motivation. And it's, I've been dealing with post COVID symptoms, which has drained my energy and just really have not felt like doing anything at all. You know, I can barely get through each day as just a mom much less trying to deal with all the businesses. And I, I said, oh yeah, you guys, I, I can't read, wait to read that book. I, I definitely don't have anything to contribute. I need to learn from you guys. What do you got going for this motivation book? And one of the other coaches challenged me and said, hey, you know, I, I think you got something. I think you should be on this. And I'm just like, you know, I'm not really competitive, but that, that really sounds like a challenge I need to take up. So again, I go in thinking I'm going to throw in 150 words and and by the time I was done, I counted. I'm like, wow, I'm way over 150 and just kept going. It's like about 300 words. So it was, you know, it was a small, you know, it wasn't a huge contribution. And I look at some people when I've seen people in the space like, oh, that wasn't much. But you know what? It's a lot more than anybody else would do. You know, I couldn't have done a full book by myself. So this was a great opportunity to get my foot in the door. And the next book is coming up. And that one is about taking imperfect action. And I can't think of a more perfect topic than than that to encompass everything I'm literally doing right now just you know all the way down to this podcast that I don't know what we're going to talk about I don't have a script I don't know where it's going I don't know very much but I'm just going to figure it as I go like I said yes and then figure it out later <laughs> exactly exactly and I, I never work from a script which blows people's minds when they are used to working from a script but I believe a conversation, particularly when we're talking about things related to confidence, that it should be organic and you, you just never know what you're going to share. But that, 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 is, that can be quite scary for people. And I think the same with, you know, putting your words on a page and submitting that for all the world to see is very brave. And I, I know that there are a lot of people who actually can write, who, you know, I love writing and would be, but wouldn't want anybody else to read it. So I deeply admire that you just put it out there to see, you know, what would happen. And I, I think that's fantastic. I think that's uh, you living by the things that you're talking about. 
Yeah, thank you. I appreciate those kind words and the supportive words about that. And I've come to a realization to recognize, you know, no matter if I say something that's not favorable or, you know, I might look upon and five years later to be like, wow, what was I thinking? You know, when it comes down to it, that's where you were at that moment. That's what you knew at that moment. And that's what served you at that moment. And we're all going to continue to grow. And I really think it's a great gift to be able to share your journey and show all your imperfections along the way and the things you dealt with. Because if you have the people in your space that are going to suppress you with you should have, you would have the blame and shame game that I was raised with, then it's not, it's not going to help you rise. And I want, I've created a space, you know, doing opportunities like this with people I want to be surrounded with, with people that I realize that I never had around me. And I'm discovering a person I never even knew was inside of me. And it feels good. It feels, it, it, it's a, a hurtful transformation, but like they say, no pain, no game. Right. So it, it feel, it hurts so good is what they say. Right. Um, so I'm recognizing, you know, I don't have the best, um, the best relationships with my inner circle, you know, with my children's dad, with their, you know, certain family members. And it's just because we were all raised in that scarcity mindset. We were all raised in that fearful mindset and we've all acted upon that. So, um, you know, learning this conscious parenting and really getting in touch with myself more, I've recognized that, you know, all that stuff is coming from uh, a space that's, you know, I know everyone around me has doesn't have ill intentions. It's just, we don't know how to express ourselves. And anything that happens in this world, instead of automatically jumping to the negative and, and taking offense to it, then I, I'm a little more open to say, okay, you know, that's, there's something going on there. Maybe I don't have time to dig deeper into it to help that situation, but I recognize if I don't have time to help, then let me just leave it alone. Other, you know, I don't want to put my two cents in where I can't uplift. So I, you know, I have certain things that I'm dealing with right now. I'm full focused on uplifting myself so I can fill my cup to be, you know, like they say on the airplane, get your oxygen mask first and then you can help the others. And I've had to leave some relationships behind to be able to focus on myself to fill my cup at this moment. So, you know, I'm sure maybe those people won't understand that. But at, at this point, that's not what I can focus on. I have to focus on me and what I'm building for for my children um, to share a legacy for them that they can hopefully get clarity a lot quicker than me and um, and be at least, you know, whatever choices they do decide to make, that they can um, approach them with curiosity and and be OK with however, you know, they decide to to make decisions in their life. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And I'm sure that they will. Your children will benefit from that that insight and that wisdom that comes from a place of a different experience. And you're right, we can't change anyone else's behavior, thoughts, feelings, but we can influence it by changing ourselves. And sometimes that involves, as you say, leaving it alone. And I, I think that's very wise. Yeah. Well, I just had, I had a conversation with my older brother and, you know, some of the things he has to say is just like, wow, well, let me just leave that right now. But then some of the things he has to say, being older, uh, you know, is good stuff. You know, like he approached me and said about, you know, this situation is like salt in your eyes. So if you just keep rubbing, it's just going to make worse. So if you just leave it alone, it'll eventually, you know, work its way out. So that's, that's tidbits of information that's good to, 
to keep on the surface to remember when you're in those challenging situations where you can't quite anchor and triggers are happening left and right. Yeah. Yeah. And just even sometimes recognizing those triggers is, is a great place to start. Where would, what's your favorite piece of advice? If you had to pick one thing that you think that that was a game changer, what's your favorite piece of advice? Because there'll be people listening who are either in victim mode or haven't learned those lessons for themselves, but want to, or, you know, are saying they want to start a business or do some, take some new adventure, but they don't know where to start. And you're already on the road. What's your favorite, favorite uh, lesson or advice? That's a tough one to narrow it down because I've, you know, I feel like I've really packed in the last couple of years since COVID happened and everything has come upon me. I've packed in, you know, I feel like I'm getting a PhD packed into a few weeks. You know, I've gotten a lot of information in a, in a little bit of time and still haven't even had time to process it all. But I guess like the greatest piece is investing yourself, like really focus in on yourself to fill your cup. Because when it comes down to it, just like I said, you know, when you're on the airplane, if you don't grab the oxygen for yourself first, you can't help anybody, including yourself. So focusing on yourself and recognizing that is going to be the key foundation to to um, build off of for anything else you do and to have that self-awareness. Because I, I, as I'm learning these certain things, I come across people and I tell them certain things and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I look at it, I was like, wow, okay, your perception of what I'm saying is not exactly like how I'm intending to deliver this because what you're doing is not in line with what you're saying. So I do recognize that, you know, there's certain people who aren't aware of these things. And perhaps one of those people might be me. There might be points that I'm talking about that I'm not, you know, aligned with exactly the true meaning of where it's supposed to take me. And um, so just staying curious and, and being on top of that as well. Beautiful. Beautiful. I think it's great advice. So uh, you may recognize the next uh, little segment that I want to come on to. Um, and for regular listeners, you'll certainly be familiar, but I'm curious uh, what Sheila has to say about this. Also, if you're a regular listener, you'll know that those dog noises in the background are the beautiful Chase, who we rescued a year ago from Cyprus um who had just had dinner and is making lots of growling noises so if you're hearing weird stuff on the microphone that's what that is and we are here perfectly imperfect i always say don't apologize don't explain i feel like i have to explain because i didn't warn sheila that that could happen so uh, <laughs> um so sheila so imagine that you are going to take to the stage you've decided to go live on a stage and cabaret for me, it uh, can be anything that happens on that stage, singing, dancing, uh, burlesque, uh, drag king or queen, comedy, uh, contortion, aerial, all kinds of different things can happen on a stage. But for me, cabaret is in a small environment. And so you'd, you'd connect quite intimately with your audience. Um, it's quite a different thing than playing a huge auditorium. Uh, it's 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 very much about the audience are there to see the performers on the lineup. What performance would you want to do on a stage? Hmm, that's a huge twist. On <laughs> you really want my brain to turn now, right? Me too. Well, definitely on on a stage like that, I can. I mean, I'm I'm feeling lots of vulnerability, you know. So um, that's something you'd have to get in touch with uh, to 
from the beginning. So I definitely have to need a moment to process that and and figure what I want to do with that. And it's interesting because there are thresholds. I I perform on stages with with Ariel and Burlesque, uh, as as my listeners will know. But I um, I would never sing, for example. Way too vulnerable for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't I, I don't I don't I don't have good rhythm, and I don't remember choreography. Um, so as a professional dancer, it's quite ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> but I have a story to tell, and I know how to tell that through through dance and. That's quite different to uh, a choreographed kind of song and dance number, like you'd see Liza Minnelli in Cabaret or, you know, any of the the, the more obvious references. Um, and it would be the same with singing. I would be very off key. I, I often, my children, when I sing in the car, they'll, you know, kind of lurch and <laughs> be horrified. Um, so I think everybody should sing. I think everybody can sing, but it's too vulnerable for me on a stage. Um, I think for me, uh, being either in in drag of, of extreme, you know, drag queen or or drag king would be too much for me as well. Uh, and yet I do burlesque, and not always, but often, um, and stripping layers away um, because it's part of my story. But I I think you raise a good point when you're going on a stage that there has to be a level of vulnerable comfort. As you speak, I mean, I just have so many visions going through my head. That's just amazing because it's almost like you say, if you, you know, you're, you're, you're not good with rhythm and and things like that. It's the same thing with me doing the book, right? I'm, I'm not good with reading. I'm not good with writing or I don't like it, you know, but it's, it's just throwing yourself in there and doing it. And as you're talking about drag, I'm like, oh, that would be interesting. I mean, I live in Orlando, Florida. So it's like the, you know, Disney World. They're going through all their stuff that, oh yeah, there's there's lots of extravagant. Um, I was just at Old Town in Kissimmee, which I think a whole bus full of gay pride just came off the bus and and took over. And just to see all the character and the, and the, um, you know, the creativity that goes into it and you could just transform and morph into, into a, another place, into another life. And you could express yourself through that. It's like, God, how fun, how exciting that you could just go into that space and just throw away any, any kind of, you know, box that you were forced into. So that this, that actually I was like picturing, I was like, oh, that could be on my you know, my bucket list one day, because it seems like kind of fun to be whisked away into all of that. But I know my my girls have went into doing aerial silks. And I just I think it's a beautiful movement of the body. And just as I'm having this conversation with you, just so organic, you know, not necessarily rehearsed choreography, but just any kind of moves, it's just graceful and flowy. And, and, um, that I used to actually think, huh, if I could get my body back into shape, which I plan to do after, you know, kid in the candy store, I'm still going for everything. Um, that's on the list. It's it's in the bin. Um, but yes, to get into that that space of aerial silks, uh, you know, expressions and and still to be an outlet as well, right? To be an anchoring outlet to to help get away from all this the stress of the world. So that's that's a great question you asked me that took me into a space I didn't expect, but yeah, I've got more, more ideas going in my head. So. Right. So I, I do all forms of aerial, uh, except trapeze. Um, 
and silks is by far the hardest without question uh, so I, I, love you, I, I adore that you have gone straight for the let's go for the full thing you know let's not start and tiptoe and do it step by step like i did um you know so i think it's fabulous i think um you know when when we think about you know drag is a great example of that and and i um have a very close um family that i've um created or chosen for myself um many of who are drag performers and Drag is the time, I won't speak for all, but most drag performers feel the most free because they're not themselves. So we're not Sheila and Heather, we're whoever and whatever. And that's really where Confidence Through Cabaret started. Uh, my co-pioneer, Ryan and I, um, Ryan is a, a, a drag performer and is, is having time away right now doing uh, drag performances. Um, and it's it, it it even that evolves in terms of a what kind of uh, features do we want to show up as in our persona, and that's why I ask that because everything in confidence through cabaret we talk about it as an analogy. Imagine you're on your stage, so we're on a live stage right now. Well, we're not live, but we will be up. You know, the, it'll be available and visible. We're very often live on social media. We're live on Zoom calls and webinars and all over the place. And that is our stage. And when I talk about a literal stage, a lot of people go, "Oh no, I couldn't do that." And it's not really different. It's how do you want to show up and how do you want to express yourself? So let's imagine, Sheila, that you're going to perform something in aerial silks. If you had one prop that you were going to take on stage with you, what would that be? Hmm. One prop for aerial silks. Could be anything. Well, I mean, I think the silks themselves could be a prop because you can kind of flow with them and make them a tail, make them a headdress, make them, you know. So I think the silk itself would be the prop and how you how you maneuver it around yourself. I So I, you know, I kind of think that, you know, being in that space that you could just be so creative with that in itself. Because like you said, you know, like someone even in the drag space that they're more freed like that. And that's basically even like my 10 year old said she likes playing her video game because she's in this virtual world of no responsibility and, and the platform and that we use to do these things is just not clearly defined that that's what you're doing. And I think that goes back to our earlier conversation of it's, you know, our labels are not clearly defined that we don't realize this is what we're actually doing. So a uh, Zoom stage or social media platform versus a physical stage. Yeah, it's like you, maybe sometimes people think of this virtual world. I've heard it say both ways, like they don't want to put as much out into this virtual world. And then other people are like, okay, well, they're, they're, they're more open because it does seem like a not real world. So I guess every, to really understand how many different perceptions can be put on it, because, you know, I'm to a point where just like I took this opportunity that hey, just dump it out there. It is what it is. You know, we all have our things we're going through. Somebody else in this world is going through it, whether they see this or not, whether it gets connected. But just like any question, right? There's no dumb question because if you don't ask, 
the you're it's going to be a definite no. So what's the what's the fear of getting a no when you're going to get a definite no? At least you have a small chance if you at least ask or do. So that's that's the you know basis that I'm going on at this point. That if I get shut down because of it, okay, well that door wasn't the right one. Let's try the next one. Or that audience wasn't the right one. It might mm-hmm. even be that you know it might be that I'm playing on a stage that doesn't have my crowd in it, you know, but next door does. And it's, yeah. it's that, you know, and I think um, a, a lot of the times, you know, we use our props to hide behind. So my, that answer to that question, some people have said a pen because it's like a barrier. Some people have said a mug because they feel safe and they can hold on to it. Some people use a hat. It depends what story you're telling, right? So if you were to come out and you were, you, cause you've of course got to walk on, you're not going to start, unless you're starting from the ceiling on your beautiful aerial silks, you're going to somehow need to create that kind of connection with your audience. And we don't, we, if we were on a real stage, we would never be outside of our spotlight. We have to step into our spotlight. So you're stepping into your spotlight and it might be for some people that you have a big fan and for other people that you have a big hat or you have a cane or something and you know you can throw it aside and then climb your silks or or whatever that is you know and i think i think it's it's about telling our story and and how we share that as well and then if the audience isn't the right audience then that's fine then we don't need to abandon the silks we just need to find an audience who appreciates them Exactly. Well, I come from a service industry and I know of people, you know, as you're saying, those gears are just turning in my head about different situations that align with this that, you know, might not necessarily be put in that same box. But if you think about like a server or a bartender, right, the bartender has that barrier of the bar between you and the guest, whereas the server is right there. You're really doing the same thing. But just having that that sense of safety of that little small prop and, you know, that barrier between you, it it really, our brain is just so amazing. It's amazing how our brain works. And, but but it's also amazing. We can train our brain, right? So we have to let in these different perceptions and keep that open mind um, to be able to let these different um, ideas come in because just because we didn't see it that way, maybe somebody else did. Or they can help you see a way that you're like, wow, I like the way you see it better. So you just never know what's there if you don't keep that door open to let it come in. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, if you, I guess if you were a bartender for years and then you came out from behind the bar and started serving tables, it would feel very vulnerable in a different way, right? Because mm-hmm. maybe you've only got a tray or a pad or, a, you know, something to, to kind of have as a barrier. So it's a great analogy. So Sheila, I have one more question on your cabaret performance where you're coming out with your beautiful silks. What would your stage name be as you're performing? So please welcome to the stage, performing Ariel Silks. I'm hearing the crowd go wild. Where's the name? There's a name in there. There is a name. Is it Shining Sheila? I love that. Mm. Yes. If that's what's coming through for you right now, then that's what it is right now. And your stage name can change. Yeah. Because right now I know I just want to shine and that would put me on a platform to shine. And um, yeah, I mean, I might not know all the moves just yet, but I can still go up there and, 
and wrap my arm around a silk and see how far I get up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and the reason why I I love this this kind of segment in the the, the podcast is because it is important that we know our inner performer whatever you want to call it. it doesn't have to be a performer if that word freaks you out our but our inner fierce powerful queen if you like you know and so when you're at the silks and it is harder than it looks and you're and you're going ah oh, i'm not climbing very high or this isn't working out or the silks burn or whatever it is then if we're talking to ourselves in that kind of victim voice of oh this is hard it's a very different thing than going, no, Shining Sheila climbs. We are doing this again. Try it again. And it's that. It's that tapping into that energy that is Shining Sheila, which is fierce and unapologetic and powerful. And the number one rule in silks is don't let go. <sighs> I have had so many burns from that. So, yes, don't let go. Just. Just hang on and you'll get there. So, you know, that's, that's amazing. I'm, I'm, I'm very happy of where you took that conversation because I never would have went there. So that's keeping my door open for all that. I can see Shining Sheila's performance. Yes. <laughs> yes. And there is that you can tap into that any time. This is what drag performers will learn. And, and when I say drag performers, I mean, I consider Elvis Presley was a drag performer. He was a drag king. He ex- extended the male persona in quite exaggerated ways. Same with Dolly Parton as a drag queen. You know, the big kind of, you know, and you you, you, be, you being at Disney, you'll recognize that, of course, mm-hmm. that being on stage. But I think, you know, so, so we all have some of that in us, whether we express it or not. Mm-hmm. But we can tap into that. And that's a really interesting transition when drag performers recognize I'm so fierce and powerful of my stage persona. And I can use that anytime I want. I still remember when I first found that out, you know, I, I, I wear very high heels, nine inch heels on stage. And then I realized I didn't actually have to put the shoes on to tap into that energy. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And that's, that's part of what I'm learning, you know, in the course that I went through was really tapping into that inner, inner being, that inner child and really going back there to bring that, that um, natural intuition we have and really harness that and learn how to use it. That's the biggest thing. It's all inside of us. We're all perfect as is. That's what the name that, you know, I have for our, our group channel for my, me and my girls is we are all perfect as is. And we just have to recognize that it is in us. And we, we are it, the, all the imperfections and everything that comes with it. It's all natural. It's all of us, no matter what stage we are in our life. That's beautiful. And it's brought us back full circle to the beginning of our conversation about learning to fall when we're adults, because actually we, we naturally fell when we were children and we didn't go, Oh, I'm a failure. I'll never walk. You know, we didn't, we didn't give that up. And, and it's the same with, with what we're talking about here. You know, it's children will dance and perform and play and be completely free, taking up space, owning their bodies, you know, and and they don't worry about it until they're taught to. Exactly. They we we all um, put those those thoughts in their head. You know, they weren't born with anything. They think they're all conditioned by their in, environment and their circle. And you know, also to understand too that we that was in us. No matter how much 
we don't recognize it was there. It did affect us. And but going back to unlearn and relearn, that is, you know, the ultimate gift to, to learn to do that and do it with grace. That's beautiful. That's that's absolutely beautiful. Sheila, I love talking with you. It's been such an honor for hearing your story and your lessons and your inspiration. Where can people find you after this? Um, well, I'm still growing businesses to to figure out what my true calling and passion and finding clarity on that. But I, I definitely know I'm destined for huge things. And um, I've started my website at my own name, uh, com, and um, we'll be growing that website to encompass more as we learn. And I expect to keep my children involved in the process because they are my world. They are my shining light that has driven me on this mission to find myself and to become the perfect, the example that I want for them. And, you know, just expect to see much more grow in the, in the time to come. And I appreciate you having me here and these wonderful questions you've presented upon me. You're very easy to talk to and bring out the best. Thank you. Thank you so much. So uh, for you, those of you who are listening on podcast, Burrell is spelled B-U-R-R-E-L-L. I will put the link in the show notes so you can go and check out Sheila's work and follow her journey, which is exciting. Thank you once more, Sheila, for being here. Thank you. You have an amazing day. Thank you. You too. So this is Heather Jean signing off with Confidence Through Cabaret, the podcast. We are on all of the socials as Confidence Through Cabaret, except for Twitter. We are at Y-B-Y-W-Y-S. And on Clubhouse, I'm at Heather Y-B-Y-W-Y-S. And those six little letters stand for the reminder that it is your body and it is your world. And it is your stage. Take up space, spread out unapologetically and own it. Thank you so much for being here. Bye for now.